my dear brothers and sisters, as we gather to celebrate our sacred faith, I want to say a few words about the first reading and the second reading so you understand what's going on there because we are often dropped in the middle of a passage from, from the New Testament. The, the very first reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, notice that the, you'll hear more emphasis over the next few weeks on the Holy Spirit. And so in the first reading, there was a problem. That's the first time that they had, that the entire church had to settle some situations, some problems, you might say some, some doctrines. And uh, so the, one of the, among them, several problems that they had to solve together and with the Holy Spirit, notice, was that those people who are, who are becoming Christians, did they need to be circumcised also because the Jews, uh, as part, part of what they had to do. So there was a, a big debate on that. And so they went and they sent some apostles d- down to this council, which is now called the Jerusalem Council. Basically, the very first ec- ecumenical council. Uh, our last one was Vatican II, right? So this is the very beginning of the early, early church. So that's what's going on in the first reading. And the, uh, the reading uh, from Revelation, I know a lot of people always, uh, you know, I was the same way, that, boy, that Revelation, that's kind of mysterious. But the best thing, when somebody asks you about Revelation, <clears throat> uh, this, this particular reading is about, uh, it's, like it's showing us a slice of heaven, which is where we're all hopefully going to go. Okay. But if somebody asks you, what's the revelation about? Because it's all kinds of a symbolism and archetypes and things like that. Best thing to say is, is two words. Revelation is messages. God wins. God wins. And remember, so whenever we start getting into those dark times, remember Revelation. God's going to win. It's going to be okay. The uh, second reading Answers the question, if you ever asked the question. When you get to heaven, will there be churches up there? What we just heard is basically saying no. The temple, the church, will be the Lamb, Jesus. Some theologians have said that every time we come to Mass, this is again a slice of heaven. We want to uh, begin, begin to think of what heaven might be like. This is a little bit, of, a tiny bit of a pointing in that direction. Now I want to concentrate our remarks on uh, that line from the gospel. Speaking about the Holy Spirit. You notice that the gospel is setting us up for the Feast of the Ascension which some of you may remember when it was celebrated on Ascension Thursday. But so that it could be celebrated by everyone. It's been moved to Sunday. So next Sunday, the Feast of the Ascension. So Jesus is preparing the disciples because he's resurrected, appeared, and now he's leaving. And he's charging them with, with carrying on the work that he began. And they're going to be in great need whether they realize it or not, of the power of the Holy Spirit. The word that goes to the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. 
will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. We all need to be reminded. And the Holy Spirit will be teaching us to recall and to learn. That's why it's important every time we open the scriptures to read. It's a good habit to say, Holy Spirit, help me. Because it is the work of the Holy Spirit to teach us and remind us of what Jesus told us. Now I notice uh, in this parish, at the end of Mass, we all say that prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. St. Michael the Archangel uh, is the defender, and he is the one that in the spiritual realm does battle with Satan. And as you notice in, in the, that prayer, it tells you what the work of Satan is, and that is the ruin of souls. There's nothing more important that you have your soul is infinitely more important than anything in this world. And the relationship that we have with God is infinitely more important than anything else in this world. Because everything here, as you know, will fade and pass away. But uh, we need to be reminded also that Satan is a fallen angel. Still an angel. So without help, you cannot beat an angel. And the way that Satan works is through lies and deception. Very clever. And we're, we're uh, seduced to fall into temptation. Especially if we do not have a discipline of the mind. Now at the, at the beginning we, we all together said that confidier. We said, uh, you all know it by heart. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have gravely sinned. And where, have we, where, do we, where does sin begin? Because we, we think we can control a lot, but we, there's very few things we can control. And right there in that prayer is what we can control. It says, in my thoughts, you said. And that is where Satan is going to speak to you. I thought for many, I had a question for many years. Can the devil, can Satan read my mind? It took me a while to get an answer, but the answer was no. I said, oh, great. <laughs> but they said uh, that Satan is always watching you, watching your every move. So Satan knows what you like and, more important, knows where you are falling and where you're weak. Just like a soldier is looking for the weak part of the fortress. And he's going to strike there because chances of winning are much higher. And he wins a lot. All you got to do is look into the world and look in the paper. So we must have some discipline of the thoughts. The last word in the gospel is the word believe. You will become what you believe. Even if it's all distorted, you will, you will become that. So you have to be careful what you listen to. I remember one uh, catechist once, once told me, he says, 
Do not listen to the words of the devil. If you, and if you read, read the scriptures clearly, you know, at the beginning of, of the Lenten season, that first reading, the first gospel of the Lenten season, it was, there was seen was Jesus in the desert, Satan. And Satan was waiting for Jesus. Now, the understatement, I think the biggest understatement of the whole uh, New Testament, I think, is found there in that story where it says, okay, Jesus hasn't eaten anything for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, put yourself in that situation if you could make it that far. And the, and the Bible says, and Jesus was hungry. Yes. Can some of us make it 40 hours? <laughs> 40 days and 40 nights. What is that saying? Satan will attack again when you're weak. So you got to know those moments. Satan will attack you when you're hungry and thirsty. Notice that. Okay. And thirsty also includes drink. Now, in the first parish I was at many years ago, I remember talking to a police officer who came to the, to the rectory to, it was some, uh, because he was a friend of the pastor when I was an associate. And in my conversation with him, he told me these words that I never forgot. He said, if alcohol was removed from an American diet, I would have no job. I thought, whoa. Yes, that's where Satan appears. When you're hungry and thirsty, when you're angry. Now, to, to be angry is not sinful. Because remember, Jesus was sinless and he got angry in the temple with the moneylender, remember? But what St. Paul says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Meaning if you're angry 24 hours later, you're still angry, the sin has occurred. And because that can turn into resentment. A lot of people sin in anger. Anger comes from feelings of powerlessness, which comes from, which causes frustration. So the, so there is Satan. When you're lonely, and when you're tired, those are the moments. Because our thoughts are very powerful. William James said one of the great things that we have that can help us with stress, said we as human beings, we have the power to take a thought and change it into something else. People who work on the discipline of their minds can do that. Where does stress rely? We think it, oh, all those people I work with, that's where the stress comes from. No, it comes from here, from your thoughts and what meanings you put onto that at those events. I remember uh, I used to work, um, uh, before I was ordained, I used to work on a lot of retreats for young adults uh, and youth. Uh, back when I was in, uh, working in the, di in, uh, in the Diocese of Yakima and Spokane, working in that, in that area. And I remember one time because uh, <clears throat> that, uh, you know, uh, I was, uh, somebody had rejected me, I think it was, and I was really discouraged, really down. And it was after a retreat, you know, when I was supposed to be inspiring and everything, but I was, because I tend to be moody. And so I was, um, I was thinking, oh, man, and I was going down and down and down. And uh, I remember thinking, boy, I'm, a, I'm worthless. 
I don't even know why God made me. I don't have any purpose here. I feel like a piece of garbage. And I shared this with somebody that was there. And they said to me four words. And I'd heard these words before because they were on a, they were on a poster in the, in the retreat. But the, the difference was the timing. So I, when I shared this with my friend, my friend said, Armando, God doesn't make junk. And you know, those words hit me right in the right spot. Like I said, even though I'd heard those, that person, what did it cost that person to say that? See, but the Holy Spirit was talking through that person. It changed my whole day. I'm really affected by a change in my life. It doesn't take a lot when you're working with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you the words that you need. That's one of the things we hear in Scripture as well. So I want to end with uh, some words that hopefully that will help you when you are um, <clears throat> trying to discern what to do. But we need to be aware of when we are vulnerable. Because that's when we have to be on our guard. Remember the cartoons in the old days where, where, you, where they'd, they'd have a, a character, they'd have a, he'd have an angel on one side and a little devil on the other side. And so, the, so, so sometimes you'd be listening to the angel, other times you'd be listening to the devil. Or the devil's always making it look like a good thing, that you, something you really want. This is a, a list of... Uh, what the, the Holy Spirit's voice is going to be and what Satan's words are going to be. So the Holy Spirit's words will steal you. Notice that in, this, in uh, the gospel, Jesus said, again, those words, I bring you peace. The words of the Holy Spirit will steal you. The words of Satan will rush you. Come on, go, let's go, come on, do it. You deserve this. You like it. You need this. Do it now. Don't think about it. The Holy Spirit leads you. Satan pushes you. The words of the Holy Spirit reassures you. And again, reminds you of what Jesus said. Because we often forget. The words of Satan frightens you. Scares you. The words of the Holy Spirit are there to enlighten you. To bring light into your life. To bring light into those areas that, that you are neglecting. That are good for you. To concentrate on the good words, the positive words, to bring you wisdom, to make good decisions. The words of Satan confuse you. The words of the Holy Spirit encourages you, inspires you. The words of Satan discourages you. That's where I was, becoming discouraged. 
So catch yourself in those moments. And hopefully the Lord will send somebody to, like they did to me, to remind me of God's goodness. That we are all good. Basically good people. The words of the Holy Spirit comforts you. That's one of the words that is used to describe the Holy Spirit in other parts of Scripture. Called the comforter. Sometimes we need comfort. But some of those times, again, we're vulnerable. I think it's very interesting how somebody came up with the word comfort food. But we turn to that. We need to remember, I need comfort right now. Be careful. The Holy Spirit comforts you. The words of Satan worries you. Brings anxiety. Words of the Holy Spirit calm you. The words of Satan obsesses you. And the words of the Holy Spirit challenges you to grow. The Holy Spirit knows your tremendous potential that you have to do great good in the world. The Holy Spirit challenges you to grow. The words of Satan condemns you. 